Welcome to From the Booth, a podcast where we talk about the films playing at BYU's International Cinema. Today, we are talking about Gully Boy, a film by Zoya Akhtar. I am Marie-Laure Anskerson, Assistant Director of International Cinema, and I'm joined by Professor Tahira Karol, who has been teaching Hindi at BYU since 2007. She grew up in India and came to the U.S. two decades ago. She loves languages. She teaches Hindi at both BYU and at the University of Pittsburgh, and also English as a second language at UVU. She speaks Hindi, Urdu, English, Burmese, and just enough Spanish and Arabic to get her in trouble, she says. Tariha has a master's in linguistics, and she and her family live in Payson on a farm with five horses, two dogs, two cats, one rabbit, and one chicken. She says it's a zoo. Welcome, Tahira. So happy to have you with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. You are asking me to talk about my favorite topic, one of my favorite topics, Bollywood. Fantastic. And Ghoulie Boy is one of my favorite films this semester. It is a fantastic musical as well. How does Ghoulie Boy fit into the work of the filmmaker Zoya Akhtar? So Zoya Akhtar is known for kind of taking social questions, society's big questions, and then putting it in a kind of a lighthearted, playful method. You know, in India, you have two types of Hindi movies. You have the Bollywood spicy movies. They're called the masala films that they're just entertainment. And then you have this other side, which is art films that are very serious, dealing with serious topics. They make you think. And Zoya Akhtar kind of falls in the middle. She kind of straddles both those worlds really well. So her movies are mainstream while leaving the viewer with questions and some very interesting, deep thoughts about society at large. And Gully Boy does that. There's a lot of, of social aspect to this film. And as well, the, the words of the songs, the lyrics, mm-hmm. our song are very important for social change. So in between, the filmmaker has, she has had her degree in New York and at the film school in New York. Do you feel that it's a foreign influence on her? Is she pretty much like a pioneer in this new genre in between asking hard questions, but as well entertaining? You know, I don't think she's a pioneer. She does it very successfully is what I think is what she's known for. You know, there was a little bit of controversy when that movie actually won in India at the Filmfare Awards initially, because people are like, well, we have some really serious movies that should have won. And I think part of it is because we're not used to seeing a Bollywood movie that is serious with all these different questions being raised. But I do have to say her her influence, her growing up in New York or studying in New York, I think influences this movie a lot because there are parts of this movie, I don't know, I know it's set in India, but it gives you that gritty New York sense, you know, the rap battles. Those are not, in my mind, what you imagine when you think about India or when you're talking about a very serious topic like India slums, right? You, you don't think of a rap battle or fighting with words. But at the same time, it has this like New York flair to a very Indian theme. Interesting. And so that's something that the viewers in India would, would pick up on and maybe be a little bit surprised that there is like a, a foreign influence into, into this yeah. film. I think that's actually really interesting because I think some of the older generation, when they watch this film, sometimes are, and I think that was the biggest, I, in some ways, it was criticized for being too Western, that we're trying too hard to be Western. 
And at the same time, though, I, after I watched this film, I kind of researched it a little bit. There is a growing rap culture in India, which, you know, I wasn't even aware of. So, I mean, she did take something that people weren't aware of, and then she put it into a movie. And then people were like, whoa, you know. And some of the languages in, in Hindi, some of the, it's very slang. Kind of how you would say, I know, for lack of a better, how you would, you know, in downtown New York, how people speak or in, you know, and so it kind of had like, but it, she twisted it and made it into slang Hindi. And, the, you know, these kids come across as really, I don't know, I sound old now, but really hip, but at the same time, in this gritty world that they belong in. And she twisted that. And so you'll laugh at me, but I even felt like it was giving me a little bit West Side Story flavoring in some really weird way. Interesting. And that's a film that is that I see this semester as well. So you you mentioned, okay, so there is a foreign influence to this film, but as well, it treats very traditional themes and it's asking for social change. Can you talk about some of the social changes that the film is asking? It's at the heart of, of the story as well. I find what something really interesting is as you start the movie, initially, you don't like the dad of Thab character at all. You think, you know, he's this abusive father you know he he marries this younger woman he's he treats his kids and his first wife awful and and yet as you watch the film you start to realize everybody's been a product of their upbringing or where the situation they're in at this moment Aftab has never had a chance to live outside the slums when he tells his son that you know you can't break out of this cycle what he's really saying is i'm in this cycle and i couldn't break out why are you trying to do something weird and different? So even the most hated character, I would say, in the movie, you start to sympathize and empathize with him in some ways, in the sense you understand he doesn't know a world outside of Dharavi slums. He does not understand that world outside there. And the only control he can put on his life is on his poor family, who then has to respect him and just listen to whatever he says until finally they don't. But that's his only control in his whole life. He drives a lady that doesn't even care that she's, he's broken his leg. You know, you see the scene where, you know, there's that scene where he's broken his leg and his son has to step up for him and take his job because he's scared that she won't wait for him six weeks. She might hire someone else and just let him go. That's a huge societal question we have here, right? You have a society that says, well, this guy's bad because he... But it brings up that question. Is he bad or is he actually the one that actually realizes what reality is, right, in the frame of the movie? Now... The son, the main character, obviously, we learn to love him, kind of, Murad. He's what we, the, you know, the guy that has a dream and wants to break free. And it, it's a beautiful story, that story of breaking free. He himself is stuck in the same cycle his dad is in, in some ways. I just find that really interesting, like all the characters. Yes, and the conversation between the father, one of the conversations, but it's a lot of anger between them and mm -hmm. a lot of, of, of fighting and not understanding each other. Murad is definitely someone who is changing and embracing change. And the dad is very much traditional. Life is not easy for people like him. And, and he's teaching his son to just not be seen and walk with his head down. And the son is saying, I have a voice and I'm going to use it. Yeah. And I'm not going to accept fate. He's trying to change the, the father. And I, and I found that change interesting because at the end, we, we see a change in the father, would you not we do. say? I, would, I agree with you. And I think part of this battle, this fight that we are seeing in some ways, I mean, it's very black and white in the movie, you know, all of us are cheering for Murad. But I think this is something that India is dealing with right now, this modernization 
and traditional values. It's almost every family is dealing with it because you have kids that are, they're going to college, they're getting educated. Some of them are coming to the US and they come back and families in India, I know are like, it's really hard to balance that with your new culture and hold on to your traditional values. Because if India is anything, it's about culture and tradition. Murad, he never goes against his father until he just can't take it. He takes a lot from his dad. Why? He takes it all because culturally, he is taught that he must respect and do what his father says, right? Safina is the same way in, you know, in a different kind of way, but she's also part of this society where she, she has dreams and she has very set goals. And, and it's really sad in this movie. The only way she can achieve those is in some ways being kind of manipulative and, and lies and gets her own way. But in some ways, she's the strong woman character that says, I'm strong, I can do what I want. And yet, you notice in front of her own family, she still holds back. And I think it's, it, there's a scene where she, she gives him that iPad, you know, and he's like, I can never give you anything of that worth. And she says, yeah, but you're the only person I can be myself with, like my true self. And I think that's very telling because in some ways, you know, in Japanese culture, they talk about masks and you wear different masks with different people. Like, and in India, in some ways, we don't call it masks, but in some ways, they cloak it in respect. So you can only be a certain way with one person. You have to be a certain way with your parents. And then you have these Safina type characters that are like, well, but I want to do this. I want this for myself. But you're coming from a culture that says you need to think of the better good of everyone, not just the individual's dreams and hopes. So it's kind of an interesting, like, kind of mirrors what's going on in families right now. How do we hold our traditional values against these kids that are saying, well, we want to do this. We don't want to be an engineer, lawyer, or doctor, which is what Indian kids are told they have to be from childhood, right? So this conflict, constant conflict between the traditional way and like a more modern way that the children are bringing into, into society. So this film does not end with like a happy wedding of, oh. of sorts, but we, we don't know, right? No. So in, in the mind of a viewer from Delhi, Mumbai, what happens to those characters? It leaves it up to us to kind of see where this will go, right? And I love that about the story. But it is very non-traditional Bollywood style to leave that to the viewer to decide where this goes from here, right? Because you don't have that, ta-da, everything worked out, he fulfilled, you know, you don't have that feeling. But at the same time, you, you're left with the feeling that there are now options. Like there are now new roads that they may take that they may not have taken before. And... I think that's exciting to the younger generation. So actually, this movie really got carried by the younger generation in many ways in India because the youth in India really identified with these characters. They feel this pressure to please their parents in India, and it's not a bad thing. I actually really love how youth in India want to please and respect and do a lot for their parents. In return, their parents have done a lot of sacrifices. I mean, you hear through the whole movie, Aftab kind of throws it out in an angry way, but he says he's made sacrifices for his son to get educated. And he feels like it's a slap on his face when his son turns away from education and is trying to do these other things, right? Even with his education, his father still feels like, oh, and, you know, there's that scene where they're in the car and, you know, the, the rich girl in the car says, well, you know, I want to do this. And the mom says, well, everybody's a graduate, right? And I think the youth see that, you know, we make fun of 
all the time the little funny jokes about call centers in India. But those are actually really good jobs in India. And you have to be a graduate to work for these companies. You have to be able to speak in English. And I know people will say, well, it sounds... But, you know, I always tell my friends that say, you know, oh, well, they have such an accent in English. And I always say, well, English is a universal language. Mm -hmm. We all speak it differently, right? We all have different accents. But I mean, I'm just going back to that. They're trying to figure out where they're going with this. And this movie kind of says, hey, maybe there's a new option. And I love that. I love that the film is inviting each one of us to create a new way. This is very powerful. So we mentioned the relationships and there is a strong message about women and women's positions, places in society. We see different models. We see the mothers, the grandmother. Then we have the relationship between Safina and Murad. One of the messages that I gathered from watching this film is a very harsh criticism on how mothers are raising their sons, especially their sons, probably their daughters too. Murad accuses his grandmother, for instance, to have done a terrible job with his father, who is violent. There's no communication. What do you make of these different models of, of being a mother? And what is it telling us about, about society or the, the changes as well that this film is, is inviting us to, to think? So Zoya Akhtar, in, in some ways, this movie is very shocking. I mean, just it's like eye-opening because usually you see relationships, especially between mother and son, to be this very loving relationship. Mothers are sacrificing. They don't ever say they're sad. And there's this scene in the movie where the mom is banging on the door of the father's bedroom saying, you've brought this other woman into my house. I'm going to go bring another man into the house. And she is devastated, right? You don't see scenes like that in general Hindi movies because usually they would cry silently or there'd be a sad, you know, ballad in the background, like it's actually happening in her head. It's not actually, and you, no one knows her sorrow. And that moment where she shows her sorrow is actually a really powerful moment because it's showing that mothers, while they are mothers, they are also women and they have feelings and they, they don't have to suppress them to just be the perfect mother. And I thought, wow, this is a very big change in Indian society because every Indian movie that I've ever watched, and I watch a lot of them, <laughs> is about this mother being this sacrifice. You never know the sorrows she's going through. And that scene, while it's really uncomfortable to watch, It also has this realism in it that says we are also women. We are women while we are moms, while we are wives, you know, while we're sisters. That is the power of a Zoya Akhtar film. Very powerful. And the, the relationship as well between Safina and Murad, the power struggle between them as well. It's, it's not that Safina is completely dominated by Murad at all. I think maybe there was a struggle there because I think they want Safina to be a really powerful character on her own. She's not the item girl there just to be pretty and kind of be, I don't know, for lack of a better word, just scenery for the Murad story. She's definitely not just a pretty girl, right? Which unfortunately a lot of Bollywood movies have. They even call them item girls where they'll have a song with a pretty girl. That, that girl doesn't even have any really role in the movie except for being pretty, right? And... Safina, I thought, was a very interesting choice because she is pretty. And they say that in the movie when they say she's hot is what they, you know, they had this awkward conversation. <laughs> But at the same time, she 
I was reading about this and a lot of people said she's aggressive, she's jealous, she's, you know, and she is, she's a little bit brutal. But at the same time, I think it's really hard because they're trying to balance what we think of a traditional heroine in Hindi movies with this powerful woman that has real big opinions. She's very strong opinions about a lot of things. And I get this feeling in some ways it's very different because in this movie, when it starts out, she feels a little bit dominating. Like she kind of leads this relationship in some ways. And now by the end, you start to see how they both balance in some ways each other out. But in the beginning, it's a very imbalanced relationship. She, you know, she's like, she's kind of the one in charge, which is really different from other Indian movies. But I think because they were doing that, maybe in some ways they portrayed her as so brutal in some ways, super jealous. And I, I feel... I feel there there was a lack a little bit in this film where because they wanted her to seem so strong, they had to make her seem also jealous and aggressive. And it's really hard to balance that, but I, I didn't think she needed to be as aggressive as she was in her character. I, I wondered as well, because we see the mother beating her up. And I wonder right. if it's like a behavior that she's learning from her mother, that she's learning how to change as well, that that... I don't know. I, I just, no, I was like, true. why I mean, is she so, so violent? I know. Why is she so violent? And I, the only answer, I mean, I can think of is that they wanted her to seem like a very strong character. And this, again, goes back to Indian culture, right? What is deemed strong and strength a lot of times has to do be aggression and violence. Because all of the characters that at some point are strong or in charge are violent characters. The father is like that. Safina's parents when they're being in charge of her are violent that way, right? So is this like a circle we're starting where violence equates power, which equates control? And then this goes back to the comment I made earlier. Are they all products of their environment? Yeah, and I, I, I do feel hopeful for Safina, actually, because I see a softer side to her and that she's able to apologize. She's able to to change a few things. So I love how this film is showing us different ways that could seem as like, okay, this is fate or this is what it is and there's no change possible. But actually it's always moving towards change and an, an, an exit. Yeah. And I think even more than an exit, I feel like it's like another path another that they path. can take. I, I, I don't know. I feel like this whole thing, this whole movie in some ways, it's hopeful. It's hopeful in the sense, it leaves you with a sense of hope that yes, we acknowledge the lives are hard and, you know, in some ways circular and they are, and they are products of their upbringing. But like you said, it also gives you hope that they can take other paths. And there's this self-reflection that Murad and Safina do a lot in the movie as you get through the end of the movie and you start to see them change, even just with their relationship with each other, that they can have this frank conversation where she can apologize and say, yeah, what I did was not right. And, and they can move forward from that. So there's a little bit of like atonement and forgiveness themes in this that, you know, that constantly play. Like, I, I find it interesting in Murad's uncle when he goes and says, can you do something for my mother? And he's not willing initially. You know, he's like, well, it's her husband. He chose to get a second wife. That's her problem. I can't step in. But then you see all these characters start to change and they realize they don't have to follow, well, in some ways what is accepted, but can go on these different paths, which are also accepted. We see some pretty courageous characters, I, I feel, in this film. 
they're not afraid to just take a step forward, especially Murad and, and uh, Safina, find a new way. What are some of the things that you hope your students and at large all the BYU students who might not be in your classes will get from this film, very valuable messages in this film? Is there anything else that you hope your students will will see? Yeah, I think I hope you can identify with these characters because, you know, as BYU students, you guys are under a lot of pressure. They have to do well in school. They have they have these big goals. And it, it's wonderful to have these big goals. But maybe just like in this movie, take a minute and just see the different paths. See that maybe when something doesn't work out, it means another door. I know that people get so upset when people say this, but another door really is opening and that there is a plan. And there's definitely a plan for us. And we just should be open to those opportunities. I mean, I think what if Murad had not gone to that first invitation where they said, come watch hip hop in, in the slums? What if he hadn't gone? Yes. Well, that music and, and what happens with the music. This reminds me of a scene that I thought was so striking. So the husband, the dad comes home with the new bride and Murad is, is listening to yes. a soundtrack and it's, it's very modern and it's hip hop. <laughs> and then the dad comes by and aggressively takes the headphone off. And then we have a, a traditional music. Yeah. That as soon as Murat puts back the headphone, it's back to that modern music. It feels like both traditional and music and hip hop, rap music, they, they coexist very well in this film. They do. And it's actually interesting because it's jarring when he pulls off that ear and you're like, whoa, and the music changes. But then it also kind of works together in some ways. It's almost like part of the same song, which was really interesting to me. There is a message here that modern versus traditional doesn't have to be modern versus traditional. I don't think Murad has to change who he is, which is he is a gully boy. And I think when they choose his name, I think it made sense because they said they were acknowledging, I am from the slums. I'm from the streets. I'm a boy from the streets. He wasn't saying I'm not a boy. from. And I think a lot of... Um, the hip hop, when they're going back and forth, even when they had that rap battle in between, you know, is about being fake and not being fake. And they try to tell each other, you're being fake. You need to be real. You know, are you even real? And I think, isn't that the real message to this, that to be authentic, you don't have to change completely your, where you come from, but you can find a better way to portray it mm-hmm. and be part of society. And I think, I mean, I don't know if there's simple answers. We're always talking about India being in the cusp of modernization while being so traditional. But I think this movie kind of says, why can't we be both? Yes. And at some point, like um, Murad has, has, I mean, he could he could have another relationship with a, a foreigner, right? The answer that he gives her is that without Safina, I do not have any childhood. And it felt like it was not only a love declaration to Safina, but as well to India, that he could have opportunities for international fame and career, but he's grounded in this childhood in India, a very traditional childhood. And I, and I, thought, I thought that was a, a beautiful thing to say. It is, because could he, could he have that voice if he didn't have his past? And I think it goes back to those experiences make him who he is, makes him empathize, makes him able to have a voice that others can identify with. And I think the movie itself, in some ways, in a larger way, is the same exact message, right? It's 
all of us have these experiences. We may not love them. We wish we didn't have them, but it makes us who we are. It makes us stronger. And we learn that in our church, right? We have to go, we have to be refined. Mm-hmm. And isn't that similar to the message this movie gives that it's not an easy refining, but it makes him who he is. Definitely. A definite as well treat for, for our students this week. I do love the music, by the way. I think the students are going to love it too. I think so too. And yes, it's two hours and a half, but it goes so fast. It does um, go fast. And actually, I'm gonna, I'd be the first one to say, hey, the movies can, you know, some of them can feel really long. But these songs, you, you don't realize that time is going by so fast because, yeah. yeah. It's a fast it's good ride. Music. The whole movie, it's got this really fast moving thing. It just keeps going really fast. So I do. I think the students are going to love it. Well, thank you so much, Tahira, and to all our listeners for joining us today on From the Booth. We're also grateful for the support of the BYU College of Humanities. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not represent official views of the university or its supportive institutions. Work on the Sound is by Marina Ekstrom-Pratt. Our producer is Devin Glenn, and the music is by Joni Stallings. Thank you all for your help. Until next week, we hope to see you in 250 of the Kimball Tower. Tahira, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me.